Welcome to the Voice of Truth Radio Show. I'm your host, State Senator Mike Azinger, accompanied by my co-host, Pastor Brian Leversee. The only show in America where you will experience the fusion of church and state. So on the Voice of Truth Radio Show, we're going to engage in vigorous, robust discussion on culture, history, current events, all from a biblical perspective. We're on Thursdays at 5, Saturdays at 3, so uh, set your phone, folks. Set the alarm, Thursdays at 5, Saturdays at 3, same show, repeat on Saturday, but you can listen to it twice. We podcast at Voice of Truth with Mike Azinger and email radio voice of truth at gmail.com. I don't know if we ever checked the email. Uh, we got somebody who does that. <laughs> good. good. I wonder if he's, on top of if it, he's yeah, on top yeah. of it. So if you email and we don't reply, we love you. But, <laughs> but um, we're, someone's about to get fired. We, we may not have seen the email. <laughs> All right. So lots of go, lots and lots going on today. So we're recording on what day? Wednesday morning, and uh, of course, a rainy Wednesday morning. Rain. Yeah. You know we but we need it's been we, so dry. Man. Thank you, Lord, for the rain. I've been uh, back in Arizona when we lived there. We would go through these droughts that were horrible. And, you know, basically Arizona is just this man-made oasis. You know, there's grass and you can keep it irrigated. I was there. I've been there two We've years. Been there? Yes. So anyway, in the summertime, there was actually this company that would come out. And if people didn't want to water their lawn because they were always in droughts and they're telling you, hey, don't water your lawn. We'll pay you not to water your lawn. Don't right. use our water. We want to live. They would hire these companies to come out and actually use this biochemical thing that was supposed to be okay for the environment, and they would spray paint their yes, lawns green. I remember that. <laughs> well, everything is uh, – one thing I noticed in Arizona, everything – the mountains there are – I mean, if you grow up in West Virginia. Uh, I don't know. You grew up in Iowa uh, and Arizona both. Yeah. So did you have – there's no mountains in Iowa, right? It's, it's all flat. flat. Okay, so West Virginia, you grow up with these – Mountains everywhere, especially as you go south. The mountains just really become obtrusive and just high, beautiful. But uh, in Arizona, the mountains aren't mountains like here yeah. by any stretch. They're just rugged rock yeah. and Bare. beautiful. They're beautiful. And uh, the whole the whole area is beautiful, but it's uh, – anyway, where I was, I was in Tucson. But um, beautiful, beautiful area. And uh, all right, so we got a lot on the show today. We're going to talk about Afghanistan here in a second. We're going to talk about uh, a little bit about – critical race theory, a little bit about the census. These numbers, census numbers are back, and uh, they're not they're not encouraging, but uh, we're not going to bring you down the whole show, just maybe 99% of it. We'll have a, we'll have, I'm, not, I'm not one that believes in the philosophy of a positive and negative. It's not in Scripture. You know? yeah, not. Uh, positive. Yin and yang. You're not yeah, whatever. Um, so we want to cur- encourage, we want to love each other, but... You don't have to stay in the positive the whole time uh, because, uh, uh, like, I, I, I did a radio show I talked about in Indiana, and the moniker of the, sh- of the re- station was Powerful Positive Radio. So if I said something negative during my show, <laughs> I'd get this memo, remember, we're a positive. <laughs> well, Jesus wasn't always positive, was he? All right, so uh, I've got this chart I just found, and it ranks 
the uh, not most popular, but the birth date that ha- that uh, where the most people are born. Really? Yes. And this is not pertinent to anything. But interesting but, nonetheless. But I just had to bring it up on the show before we get going. So I'm going to give you the top five and the bottom five. Okay. Top five most, um, what's the word I'm looking for there? Uh, most populous yeah. <laughs> birthdays. <laughs> okay. The date where the most the most people are born, uh, number five, February 18. Wow. Number four, November 4. Number three, March 24. The second most, June 7. The most popular birth date of the 365 days of the year is January 12th. Really? Yep. How about that? Now, My son was born January 11th, so we almost, almost made it. Almost. So the bottom five. Here we go. i got to get this out of my system, folks. So the bottom five, number 362 is May 10th. 363, 300, uh, 363rd uh, is July 31. It's my brother's birthday. Hmm. 364 is June 4. 365 is April 2nd. That's my son's birthday. Wow. He was induced, and we and uh, it was time to do the inducing, and we had to pick a date. And they said, well, April 1st, so not nah, we're not doing, not doing <laughs> well, April 1st. I guess 1st. the good thing about knowing this is at least you know about your son that he's not competing with a lot of other people for a birthday that day. So there when you go to the restaurant, there's not going to be like a happy, happy birthday, <laughs> you know, like 12 of them going on in the yeah, restaurant. Yeah, just, just him, pretty just much. Just him, that's it. The last 366, because of leap year, leap year, is January 20. Oh, yeah. All right. I got that out of my system, folks. It has nothing to do with anything except that. I wanted to talk about. We're going to talk about uh, so Afghanistan going on here. Uh, uh, this this is uh, so surreal and so evil. What we had, what we've done with these people, leaving them, leaving them to the machinations of the Taliban, and we know how wicked and evil mm-hmm. they are. And the videos I haven't seen about, heard about. I had a lunch with a buddy, uh, breakfast with a buddy yesterday, and we were talking about this, and he and he said, yeah. The videos of the Taliban uh, uh, snatching young girls out of their parents' arms. Mm. Now, why are they? Well, we know why they're taking these young girls because of uh, they make uh, because in Islam, uh, it's, it's it's like the founder Muhammad of Islam married a girl, uh, his favorite girl, Aina or something like that. At age nine, yeah, they consummated the relationship a couple years later. It, it's founded in pedophilia. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's be honest about Islam. Islam's a, a, a wicked, uh, a wicked religion, an awful religion. I talk about uh, a buddy of mine who is who became uh, a missionary to uh, the soldiers in Germany, and just by providence, he began reaching these Muslims in in Germany. And he told the story one time at a church service about. This is this Muslim who came to him uh, by night, kind of like the Pharisees, right. you know, who came to Jesus by night, and uh, he was talking to him and, and uh, asking him questions about Christianity. And, and right before he left, he, he this Muslim said, "I hate my religion," hmm. and he walked out. Uh, Christianity is not like that, right? Jesus, his uh, his burden is light. Yeah, if I'm quoting that right so the taliban leader was freed this taliban leader that's coming that came into afghanistan led this charge there was an army of three hundred thousand pastor that were prepared to fight everyone's talking about well they just ran 
They didn't run. That wasn't their fault. This uh, The Taliban army that would have fought, I mean, not the Taliban army, the uh, Afghani army, that was trained for 20 years by the Americans, uh, was was prepared to fight. The problem was they weren't prepared to fight without the Americans. Hmm. So they would, they would, for 20 years they've been trained, but they always had the Americans to back them up. They, they would call in air air. Air power or whatever, wherever they were, the Americans could could help. So all of a sudden, the Americans overnight, without even telling the leader, the president of uh, Afghan Afghanistan, that were that they're leaving, they just woke up one morning and they're gone. Hmm. How in God's name? How do you do that to somebody? That is the height of evil. Wow. Then we learned the Taliban leader was freed from Guantanamo Bay in 2014. Guess who freed him? President Obama, freedom, and he said, "Oh no no no, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not going to rejoin my army. I'm not no." And uh, and they let him go. Now, people will remember there was five. Um, uh, I, this is a New York Post article when President Obama released five Taliban commanders from Guantanamo Bay. Do you remember who he who he uh, got in trade? Bo Bergdahl. <laughs> I do remember that now. Bo Bergdahl. Yeah. Who became a transgender, who was a uh, a, a coward. Uh, he ran. He, he turned his back on the army. So we gave five Taliban commanders for Bo Bergdahl. Hmm. Uh, I dare say President Trump would not do that. So here's the, here's, here's the article, uh, the front page. Blowback. Top ballot Taliban is terrorist Obama uh, let go from Gitmo. So it's the terrorist that Obama let go from Gitmo. He's the top Taliban terrorist. Wow. And that's from the New York Post. And uh, uh, so, uh, so uh, you know, it, it, it's, it's everyone's the, the eeriest thing. And this is, this is the Lord, you know. I, I, I look at everything. You know, I'm not a spiritual giant pastor, but I look at everything from a, a, a biblical lens. Mm-hmm. I just I've gotten that habit over the years, and I know you do the same thing, obviously. But but uh, so I, I look at this and I, the pic, the side by side pictures. This is obviously God showing us uh, the evil that we're doing. Mm-hmm. The side by side picture of the helicopter lifting up in Saigon. When right. we betrayed the South Vietnamese, Vietnamese, and then the planes taken off from, and then the same picture of a helicopter. Mm-hmm. There's a helicopter picture. Mm. It's the same thing, the same kind of helicopter. Hmm. The, the, the South Vietnamese had uh, fought on for several years, and we helped them. And finally, finally, uh, we just cut the money off. Hmm. How do you do that? Yeah. How do you do that to people? Uh, and, and and you hear these commentators saying one after another, oh, uh, this is this is a, a post America dominance post post America period. Just who's going to trust us now? Yeah. Even yeah. a little country like Afghanistan, you leave those people, and and then that airplane full of I don't know seven hundred people, that uh, cargo plane. Who knows who's in there? And yeah. they're bringing them to the states. And uh, so there's a there's a lot going on that 
that it's it's problematic to say the least. But but we do this to the the Afghani people. Um, I I don't know how you do it. I don't know how you do this to people. Just in the middle of the night, you up and pull out of Afghanistan, where you are the force that's uh, that's uh, preventing the evil of Taliban. Everybody knows what Taliban does. Mm-hmm. Everybody knows what they do to girls and women, and and uh, uh, they, they execute anybody that's associated with America. Somebody on a talk show, I don't know, was Bongino or uh, Russia's old show, uh, Buck and. I forget his name, but but uh, they they played audio. Somebody had audio from uh, from the Taliban right there questioning people, Americana or Ameriki or whatever. They're asking them, "Did you were you associated with America? Hmm. Were you associated with Americans?" They'll check their phones and look for phone numbers if they have American phone numbers. These people are going to be executed. Wow. These Christians in these churches, uh, you know, there's always the underground church, the things that God's doing that mm-hmm. we don't even know about. And uh, these pastors and these Christians, uh, they, 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 who's going to protect them? Mm. Yeah, it's miserable there right now, I understand. And, you know, I think that when we think of it from a, from a world perspective, I'm very hesitant anytime America feels like they can successfully pull off a policing of the world, you know, with their yeah. forces. And, yeah. um, you know, I think we've seen this uh, a couple of times is administrations change over. I, I kind of go back to our founding fathers a little bit on that. And, you know, I, I believe that we need the help where we can help. And, you know, the only thing it takes for evil to, to conquer is for good men to do nothing. And I get all of that. But at the same time, you know, those those old kind of Monroe doctrines and isolationist point yes. of view and America first kind of view, that's kind of why I'm I'm of that kiln. I, I know other countries. God's doing things in every country. And I think sometimes America thinks it can play God and, and go. And, and they, there's always these underlying motives sometimes that end up crumbling and falling apart along the way. And, and the end result is a lot of people get hurt. A lot yeah. of people get abandoned. A lot of people uh, struggle in a big way. And so um, I, I'm a big America first guy in that way. Not that we shouldn't be helpful where we can. Not that we shouldn't support things where we can. But when we overextend ourselves and think we can police the whole world, you yeah. know, God, God's got the world in his hand. And he's <laughs> right. doing things with, with other countries. And, and um, we've got to be very careful about creating scenarios like this in Afghanistan. Yes. Um, and it's, it's like you say, uh, God uses everybody. Uh, God uses every nation, mm-hmm. right? God's doing something everywhere all the time. Um, but uh, the, the reason we, we got folks need to remember— uh, because we we forget if and we're not we're not reminded, but but we went into Afghanistan right after nine mm-hmm. eleven, yep. and we had uh, every reason to go in there. Yep. We had a purpose. That's Shut where down the terrorism. That's where yes. everything was kind of popping out of. Yes, but that said, uh, we should have been out of there a long yeah. time well, ago. You have to actually go to deal with the problem. Yeah. You know, go we're not cut imp- the cancer out. We're, then you yeah, get out. we're not the imperialists. You know, it's not like we go in and we take over. You know, countries perpetually all the right. time. We overextend ourselves financially. We overextend ourselves with yeah. our, our our military, and uh, you know, you got to go in there and actually mean business. And we we go in there and we try to placate and see what can we get for ourselves out of this deal sometimes. Yeah. And that's not that's not how you go into these places. So we're gonna we're gonna be watching that as everyone else is, and uh, it, th- there may have been a seismic shift that happened in that little country when America did that, because uh, it, the, the ripple effect is 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 what is what's also very worrisome 
uh, because all of a sudden Chinese uh, China is, is licking their chops. Oh, Absolutely. America's weak. I was just about ready to say that. You know, I got sent some information the other day now that um, we're out of Afghanistan and there's this like opening up for relationship between China and the Taliban. There's like this whole road, this whole map of how China can now just have a free reign right into the Middle East. Yeah. And uh, you mean a literal map? Like a literal, like a literal map yeah. of like how how they can how come they in. can come right in. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I've heard that also. Um, and in Taiwan, um, the Bible says the kings of the east will come against mm-hmm. Israel at some point. Whoa. And so, I mean, you just you see this kind of unfolding. I know we were just having. Uh, discussions about eschatology before yeah. we, we got on the air. But, I mean, you can just see how the, the evil of the world is percolating into the arrangement of all the things the Bible talks about is going to happen in the end times for the setup geographically with nations. With So who are the kings of the East? I mean, would that include Iran so include, also? I think that would include Russia and, and China. Russia, sure. China. Uh, and it, would Russia be uh, Gog and Magog yeah. in, in Scripture? So <laughs> in China, in Scripture, what would China— be called China. I don't know if there's an actual just, uh, term for China. I know that that, that the Turkey geography. and the uh, but I mean they could the facilitator could be Turkey. You know at this point. So yeah. when you're talking about Gog and Magog, I know you're talking about Russia, kind of Turkey, all these types of okay. areas. And um, but but China's right there feeding that whole pipeline now. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, certainly uh, they need our prayer. You know, I've, I've prayed much for them. Just every time you read an article about it, you just your heart breaks. And there, there's, there's I don't know. I heard ten thousand Americans that are still there. Who knows how many? Uh, I saw one guy who was a church planter over there. All of a sudden, he pops up and has a video. He, you never would have heard about this guy. All of a sudden, he's saying, uh, "What's going on? You know, you're, you're leaving Americans here. You're leaving the yeah. unprotected uh, Iran uh, uh, or Iraq. I remember all these, all these." Uh, Christians who were persecuted, killed, mm. uh, uh, pastors killed, and, and so on in the persecution. Uh, the persecution is is uh, kind of in the abstract until it's it's you yeah. getting your door well, knocked on by the well, Taliban. I wonder when America is going to get mad enough to stop this nonsense with the foreign policy that's just been so destructive. I mean, I mean, you've got Benghazi, you've got Turkey, you've got you know all the way back to Vietnam. I mean. It's 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 ridiculous that people think that that type of philosophy is going to continue to work. I mean, yeah. Well, the, the philosophy of Vietnam was was they were going to stop the spread of communism within mm-hmm. c- certain certain spheres. So you know, I I, I don't know, but um, but you do. Uh, you know, I think you do. And I'm not a military uh, genius. You know, my boy just went into the army, so I I pay attention to it even more than I did but um, but uh, uh, you know we had 9-11 these towers fell and then we had to have some place that we were going to go and get them so we Afghanistan is where bin Laden was hiding remember mm-hmm. he was in the mountains we couldn't find him and then the uh, I don't know uh, horse soldiers the, the that uh, book that came out a number of years ago about these guys that went into it's a phenomenal book you got I haven't seen the movie I heard the movie's incredible too but uh, but these guys these special forces guys first guys to drop 
into Afghanistan, and they just didn't they didn't know what they were going to do. They just kind of felt their way through it and ended up on horses with these other Afghani leaders fighting the bad guys. It's wow. amazing. These wow. uh, our special forces, our military, yeah. is amazing. But get, but let them do their job. Let them go in there and yeah, take care of business. Yes, the the right way. And I mean, that's what our military wants to do anyway. That's what it's they wanted the, to do in Vietnam. That's what they wanted to do everywhere that we've gone. Yes, and, and it's and always then, the brass. And the, then we get somebody who tries to turn it into this placating policing operation. Yeah, and it all falls apart. And make they make tons of money off yep. of uh, off of a war. Millie, uh, the main guy, the main army guy, is woke. He's uh, uh he's the main dude, and he is. Uh, critical race theory guy now he's that that's scary that you have a guy who's flirting with marxism who's who's running uh the army yeah uh, the chief of staff all right so we're out of time for this segment I wanted to talk about afghanistan we're certainly not experts but but um um it's it's uh a frightening thing and we need, need to trust god and yeah. pray for these folks you're listening to the voice of truth radio got lots more coming up don't go away Back to the Voice of Truth Radio Show. I'm your host, State Senator Mike Azinger, with Pastor Brian Leversey. We are in the studio. We can't say where the studio is. Uh, where do you pastor? It's in a bunker. It's, a um, bunker. it's <laughs> deep underground. Yeah, we we, uh, we, uh, we get escorted in your security. I think we that. can take one direct hit from a nuclear weapon and survive. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not even. Maybe not. Maybe not even that. A 22 Maybe. rifle cannot penetrate <laughs> our wall. <laughs> yeah, has that been proven? Have we tested? We need to test that, you know. <laughs> All right. You pastor at Fellowship Baptist Church, and that's where I attend. And uh, uh, good church, good preaching, folks. So stop by. We've had, we, we, attendance has been good. I think folks are starting to come back to church. Am I right or wrong? You know, we've had a, a wonderful attendance all through, you know, the spring and the summer. Yeah. And uh, praying that God just continues to bring people out. We're keeping our doors open. We're going to minister to people in our community. We're... Uh, we believe that if there's a time that God can work to the church, it's now. And we want to be ready and willing and able to serve people. You know, back uh, back in uh, the New Testament age when the church was first forming, uh, the church didn't run away from difficulty and challenge. It always ran to difficulty and challenge. Yeah. And God used the church in a mighty way to reach people even during oppressive times and times of illness and times of uncertainty yes. and times of confusion. That's when people, I think, are more open to hearing the truth of the Word of God. So we want to be ready for that. Yeah, I, I think there's no doubt about that. That's when, that's when God's people should shine, right? Yeah. We should show we're different during that time. Uh, so we're going to—I uh, I got a story here. Maybe do it in the next segment about uh, about the different generations' re- reactions to the pandemic hmm. and uh, how it's how. Uh, how they've reacted to it in terms of uh, uh, from a, a spiritual perspective. You know, are they reading their Bibles more? Are they going to church more? I think church folks are coming back. I think that's, um, I don't know that empirically, but just from watching our church, from listening to other pastors, it seems like um, uh, a, lot of pa- a lot of churches did fine during the mm-hmm. pandemic too, you know. Uh, anyway, so 
Here is news back from the census. America's white population shrank for the first time in U.S. history, census data shows. And uh, this had never happened before. Uh, the, 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 the white male is, this, I believe, the strongest evangelical voter. Hmm. That's why there's concern here with this with this data that's coming back. It's it's guys uh, that uh, we're just we're just the strongest evangelical voter, and we're we're shrinking. And you said this in a sermon recently. I was so glad you said it. But just about in terms of of having kids, mm-hmm. and it's it's the white intellectuals that aren't having kids, mm-hmm. and it's the uh, it's a worldwide phenomenon. And I've, I've talked about it before, but but uh, we have a negative uh, or an even uh, reproductive rate in America. A lot of the Western nations, Western Europe is shrinking mm-hmm. uh, because they're they're not having babies. And I think but it's the Muslims are the Muslims are having the babies. Mm-hmm. That's true. And the uh, but the rest of the world isn't. There's yeah. a lot of, a lot of reasons for that. Um, a lot of them, I'm not even sure, but but even like Japan. Negative birth rate. It's it's mm-hmm. wild. So anyway, the share of uh, white population fell to fifty eight percent from ten years ago. It was sixty three percent or sixty four percent. And you know what was disturbing? I was reading some articles and watching some news clips of how the proponents for critical race theory, a lot of the big names there, a lot of the newscasters that kind of promote that in their um, their shows and everything. They were celebrating this, like they 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 thought this is wonderful that uh, this particular population uh, is, is decreasing, mm. and and the studies behind this show that a lot of the decrease in that population also stems from the opioid epidemic and the dying off of the white population in those areas where the opioid epidemic has really taken full blossom. And, and people were literally celebrating that on TV that there was the demise of this particular segment of the population. And that's what the left likes. They like, they like uh, killing babies. They like, they like uh, to diminish life, destroy life, kill. Uh, you know, Satan came to kill, steal, and destroy. Um, but this article makes that point. The opioid epidemic and lower birth rates among white millennials. And uh, millennials, that's, uh, I had the, all the generations written down somewhere, but uh, that's, my, that's my age group. I was born in 65. I was the first year for, uh, to be a, a millennial. So Hispanics became the largest racial or ethnic group. They grew uh, from 37 to 39%. And uh, here's an interesting one. There was also a significant increase among people who identify as multiracial, Hispanic, Asian, uh, they grew by 276 percent, hmm. from nine million to 33 million. So the largest gains were among Hispanics, who now make up almost 20 percent of the population. Overall, the U.S. population grew by only 7.4 percent, the second slowest growth on record. Wow! The last time it was that slow of growth was uh, during the Great Depression. So we now have, America now has a population of, now, how, how accurate these censuses are, I don't know. Right. I, I frankly don't believe them for different reasons. Right. I think we got robbed uh, uh, of some congressional seats. But uh, population now, 
331 million. That's our population. Ten years ago, it was 308. So like you said, the opioid epidemic, lower birth rates among uh, uh, millennials are part of the reason that uh, we're not we're not really growing. Uh, I think America is growing not, uh, from immigration. Mm-hmm. And, and there is a, a law of nature that uh, nature, as we know, hates a vacuum. Mm-hmm. So how do you stop a law of nature? If there's a vacuum of uh, population in a country, it's going to be sucking them, mm-hmm. <laughs> other people in from other parts of the world. And it seems to a certain extent to be strategized. I mean, there, there, there seems to be a focus on not deterring you know, that type of thing from happening. And, you know, I don't think in any country you want immigration necessarily to be your number one form of growth. It really causes a lot of difficulty in the process. Well, you're bringing in people, and yeah. you're right, and you're bringing in people who don't have uh, the the same belief system. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're not bringing in people through the southern uh, the southern border who are constitutional uh, Republicans or, or who believe in a constitutional republic. That's right. that's not who they are. And they're probably mostly not people who believe in the gospel uh, of as, as described by Scripture, mm-hmm. the gospel of Jesus Christ. And that's the whole reason that a, a country should have a citizenship process, a very clearly defined one as we're supposed to have, is because part of the process of that citizenry is that they will endeavor to learn the values of that country that they're entering into and, and pledging to become a part of. I mean, you know, correct me if I'm mistaking, but when we go through the proper process of giving somebody citizenry in our country, they're swearing an oath to that constitution. Yes. They're swearing an oath to our form of living. They're swearing an oath to these various different things. I'm going to be preaching through Nehemiah. We're actually concluding our uh, study through Nehemiah this next Sunday. And in this particular chapter, uh, Nehemiah has to come back to a Jerusalem that's starting to be destroyed again because they've left off of you know all the reforms that mm. Nehemiah originally brought. And yeah. one of the issues was, as he said, you're letting in these strangers again that don't believe what we believe, and now your own children can't speak our own language. They don't understand our own oh, word. They don't understand our own scriptures. Wow. And Nehemiah says that to the population, and, and we see that entering into our country. We addressed this. Uh, we, we addressed this uh, a couple months ago, um, and there's a fascinating. I, I forget where it was. I think it's in. Uh, Maybe Exodus, but it talks about how God w- with the stranger, the the new people that coming that came into Israel, God welcomed them. But first, your you, you folks that want to come to Israel, uh, our God's going to be your God. Mm-hmm. Our system is going to be your system. The law will apply to us uh, to you just like it does to us. But there are certain there's a set of beliefs that you're going to adopt for yourself. Right. And it's it's all in love. Mm-hmm. It's 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 a country accepting people, uh, and that's what America used to do. Yeah, we didn't always have pell mell this uh, hundreds of thousands of people mm-hmm. coming. It's chaos down there. We had a system set up before 1965 when the voting law changed drastically because of Ted Kennedy. We had a system of bringing people from certain parts of the world that had a comparable belief system that we had, mostly mostly from Europe, and we, we brought them in systematically. Mm-hmm. And they believed, they swore an oath, like you said, to the Constitution and so on. And uh, But when you bring in 
hundreds of thousands and millions of people that do not believe in a constitutional republic, do not believe in Christianity, you cannot maintain right. a healthy a healthy country like right. America has always has always been. So the bureau here back to this uh, census article, the bureau also noted that as suburbs and cities, uh, cities persistently grew, so cities are growing, rural areas um, are depopulating. Hmm. That surprised me. I thought it would be the opposite. Yeah. It seems to me that there's uh, a movement more to leaving the cities. I'm a little suspicious of that yeah. one. Overall, the data shows that New York, Los Angeles, Chicago, Houston, and Phoenix are the five largest cities in America. Buckeye, here we go, uh, Pastor. You ever heard of Buckeyes mm-hmm. <laughs> outside of Phoenix? Yep. Saw its population increase by nearly 80%. Wow. It was the biggest in the country. The villages, <laughs> <laughs> a retirement community in Florida that we've all yep. seen on TV, is the fastest growing metro area in the country. I'm going to start looking to see if the wife will want to <laughs> go to the villages. The population growth this decade was mo- almost entirely in metro areas. I have I, I, I don't know if I believe it. Mm. But uh, I think there's there's been some messing around with the with the census. However, that um, there you go. Um, that's that's the latest. Uh, so all these all these states now including West Virginia, every state's going to uh, change the districts uh, that we all run in. Senate uh, my Senate district will very likely change uh, it'll it'll I did notice that uh, that there's the West Virginia is one of the only two states that lost a one of the few I, states that I lost a that congressman because we we lost population. The good news is, in the last ten years, the good news is the last few years we haven't been losing as much. <coughs> it's getting better. So there you go. All right. Uh, now here's some good news from a sheriff in Oregon. This guy's great. He says to the uh, governor of Oregon. This lady, I can't think of her name. I'll get it here in a second. But uh, <coughs> he says she's she's signed a law that says you don't have to learn to read. Basically, that's that is that is just uh, an act of war. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're saying to your kids, "We're not going to teach you." You know, we talked about this uh, last week, a couple weeks ago. But uh, the old deluder Satan laws yeah. that our founders used. That, uh, by the way, we talked about the McGuffey Reader last yes. week, and you, and you said afterwards, it. you said, hey, go to one of these antique stores. You can find a McGuffey Reader. I went to one, <laughs> and I found t- two of them, one from 1896, two bucks. Yeah. I bought, like, a whole stack of stuff. Yeah. So, um, uh, so anyway, the, the old deluder Satan laws were basically laws that set up in early America that um, whenever there were so many people in a the community, they would have a school, and they would teach them to read, and they would teach them to read uh from Scripture so they could learn Scripture. That's right. So they could learn Scripture. That is why we had uh, a public school system, yeah. and it wasn't called a public school system. The sheriff of Union County, Oregon, delivered a fierce rebuke. I love it. I love these sheriffs when they give a fierce rebuke, you know? <laughs> More sheriffs need to stand and give a fierce rebuke to these tyrant governors. He gives a fierce rebuke of Oregon Governor Kate Brown and her China virus mandate. This is this is our buddy Todd Starnes. We, the people of Union County, Oregon, have had enough, the sheriff said. 
And he declared it in a letter that was posted on the department's Facebook page. Enough of your overreaching mandates. Enough of your bullying threats. Enough of you dictating our state by fear. Wow. Wow. Good for him. That would be... uh, I don't think I don't think Andy Griffith would ever do that. Uh, Barney <laughs> hey, might. You know who I grew up with is my sheriff, though. Who? Joe Arpaio. Oh no. Yeah. Did you? Oh yeah. Oh yep. my goodness. Yeah. Be still my heart. <laughs> He's one of the best ever. The sheriff was especially angry over the governor's decision to force children wear to wear face coverings at school. He said, you have gone so far as to threaten our teachers' livelihoods and their ability to provide for their family with fines and certification revocations if they don't enforce your mandate, the sheriff. He's mad. Yeah. You know, it's time for people to get mad, yeah. you know? Yeah. Be angry and sin not, but be yeah. angry. What, yeah. Jesus was never angry? Right. What was he doing when he was flipping those tables over in the temple? Um Sorry, guys. Excuse me. Excuse me. I need to flip this over. Excuse me. Well, it's so funny because you're basically preaching my sermon for Sunday because Nehemiah, yeah, you're doing a great job. I'll let you do it. Nehemiah comes into the city where he sees that they've turned away from the reforms that he established. And the Bible literally says, you know, basically he gets mad. (laughs) And there's some of the guys he takes and it says he beats them and he pulls out their hair. With, with his own hands. <laughs> yes, he, he does. That is right. Nehemiah was not uh, a pacifist. He no, could he have been not. He could have been sheriff of Maricopa oh, County. Oh, absolutely. Right? Uh, his last name was Arpaio, Nehemiah Arpaio. <laughs> is, that, <laughs> is that in the Hebrew? <laughs> you are inflicting more damage to our children than any virus could ever do, and you, uh, you hide behind the misrepresentation that you care for us all. So the sheriff goes on and on. God bless him, though. So here's a sheriff. Who's saying, look, that's what he's supposed to do. You know, mm-hmm. He's the main man of the county. And uh, the sheriff, uh, you know, the sheriff goes, that, that law, I just got done with a book on, uh, on, on the uh, history of the common law. <laughs> uh, it only took me like eight years to read it. But it's very interesting. It goes back to England and talks about how the common law, which is basically uh, uh, court decisions. Right. That's what common law is. It comes from the judicial decision. But how it all set up, how it all started, and uh, and so on. And um, uh, it, But it goes back to England, talks about how their uh, their, their systems were all set up, and, and uh, they had sheriffs there, and so on. All right, Virginia school curriculum for third graders glorifies communism. So we're going to hit critical race theory here for a second. This is also Todd Starnes. And uh, we talked about, so we talked about the New England Primer on this show. This was like one of the very, very first books that taught early American children how to read. And I, I, this has been a long time, but I think I had, I think I read from it one time. But it takes ABC, uh, A is for Adam, um, and B is for, you know, it takes a biblical word for each letter of the alphabet. I don't know what... Uh, is Xerox in the alphabet? I don't know how he does X. <laughs> I think Xerox may be... X-rays there. weren't around back then. They either. weren't. So yeah. it's not... Gen- you can't no, find it Genesis. So anyway, A is... So here we, here we have... <clears throat> the devil always copies what God does. So uh, here we have a, uh, the, a critical race theory um, teaching tool, and it goes like this. A is for activism. <laughs> B is for Black Lives well, Matter. At least it wasn't A is for Antifa. <laughs> well, Antifa is like a, a, 
activism on steroids. There you go. C is for communism. That could be what your child is learning about if you live in Virginia. A lesson plan registered with the Virginia Department of Ed is teaching students positives, quote-unquote, of communism and that police are racist. The lesson plan, which is meant for kids in the third grade, uh, has a slew of woke vocabulary like this. Social justice, equality, equity, protest, march, power to the people, justice, rights. Words matter. And so on. Words matter. And... Um, uh, words in the uh, and this is this is just straight up indoctrination at this point. That's what it is. It glorifies communism in an alphabet book for children. As children go through the curriculum, they analyze and talk about the topics in the book, and they and uh, it's third graders. It's indoctrinating third graders. And when you indoctrinate like this, it's hard to get it out of these kids' brains. You know, there's little children. And, and it's it's evil. Parents are standing up, though. That's that is the encouraging. It thing. is all over the place. I I watched where the teacher stood up in a parent teacher meeting or before the board resigned, and I guess she got fined or whatever because of that. I'm not sure exactly. She what got happened. fined. Really? I think I so. Know. They came after her in some way, and but boy, that was that was encouraging to see a teacher just standing up for her kids in that way. Yeah, she basically said, "Look, mm-hmm. I'm I'm not going to do. I'm not teaching them yeah. this. Uh, just locally." Uh, uh, the Wood County Board of Education voted mandatory masks down by a three to two vote mm. uh, last week, and that's happening in a lot of counties all over the state and um, other states. You know, people, parents are standing up mm-hmm. and, and waking up, and and uh, it's very very encouraging. Um, all right, so here's let me just so here's uh, here's just an example. A couple of CRT examples, critical race theory examples of, of how it's ruined. It ruins everything it touches, folks. Colonial Williamsburg, our first capital, our very first capital. Colonial Williamsburg. Go sometime. Everyone should go to the Williamsburg uh, town in Virginia. You can see Jamestown, Yorktown, and Williamsburg. So Williamsburg, the first capital. Jamestown, the first permanent English-speaking uh, colony in 1607. And uh, Yorktown, where where uh, the deciding battle of the Revolutionary War, so and, and it's all right there. You can take a little trip. It's awesome. I, I used to. We'd go south for vacation. I always dragged my poor wife and kids through a museum somewhere, <laughs> and I think they're still bitter about it. <laughs> but it's great. Mount Vernon. Everybody should yeah, visit awesome. Washington's home. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Williamsburg. This is what they're doing in Williamsburg. Colonial Williamsburg aims to tell the quote unquote queer history. Of America's founding. So they're, what they're doing is they're saying that, uh, I don't know what they're saying. I haven't, I haven't read exactly what they're going to do, but they are going to, they are going to splash their filthiness um, all over our, our founding. Colonial Williamsburg was a lot queerer than we were led to believe. So there you go. Yeah, we, we've been, uh, um, it's a lie. It's all lies. Yeah. Uh, children born during, how about this one, Pastor? How much time we got here? 33. Uh, it's slow. We we forgot to turn the clock on. <laughs> we have no this idea where we are. It's going to be a super long episode. <laughs> All right, let's do one more, then we'll, then we'll head on. Oh, oh no, really? Are we that far? No, but that gives you a reference point. Is that rough, roughly? Yeah. All right, children born during pandemic have lower IQs, U.S. study finds. Hmm. You know why? Uh 
uh, let me just read a couple paragraphs here. Children born during the coronavirus pandemic have significantly reduced verbal, motor, and overall cognitive performance compared with children before. Wow. We know why. Because they were separated from other kids, from people. That's how kids learn, right? They interact with mm-hmm. adults, parents, friends, and so on. And so these these children of the pandemic have a have a lower IQ. Wow. I was hoping. Uh, I wonder if I could use that excuse. Hey, look, I was born during. The, <laughs> what do you expect? What do you want from me? In the decade preceding the camp, the pandemic, the mean IQ score on standardized te- standardized standardized tests for children aged between three months and three years hovered around 100. Okay, so before the pandemic, three months to three years, IQ of about 100. How they measured that, I don't know, but it's probably not too hard. So, but for children born during the pandemic, that number tumbled to 78. Wow. That's a 22% drop. That's uh, significant. That's what happens. You know, you want to... Um, so anyway, I thought that was an interesting thing, man. Get you and these kids, these children aren't in danger. Yeah, these aren't kids aren't in danger of. You know, I'm not I'm not a doctor. Look, just read. There's copious data out there that says who dies yeah. from the from uh, the coronavirus. Yeah. We talked about this before it came yeah. on. And uh, there's certain people that have risk factors. I have some. I'm diabetic and. Um, what else? Oh, my gut. Did, did I mention it or did you mention it? <laughs> nah, I don't. I think it's, yeah. I think it's shrunk some from last week. You're looking good. Yeah, thank you very much. All right, so we're going to bump out of here because we have no idea how much time we have left. <laughs> <laughs> we had a third segment, but I think we just ran right through it like a freight train. <laughs> um, so what we may do here is come back and do our etiquette segment. Yeah. Maybe with one other story. You're yeah. listening to Voice of Truth Radio with Mike Azinger and Pastor Brian Loversee. We'll be back after this. Welcome back to the Voice of Truth Radio show. I'm your host, State Senator Mike Azinger with Pastor Brian Loversee, the only show in America where you will experience... Fusion of church and state. Thanks for tuning in. We appreciate our folks that listen. That's right. And uh, we uh, we don't take you for granted, and we know you're God-loving, freedom-loving Americans. We got a couple stories here. This is going to be our last segment before the etiquette segment, which will be always a little bit short. You know, we don't put a lot of time into it. You don't want to make people feel too bad about themselves, you know. <laughs> we think our audience doesn't need a That's whole it. lot of That's etiquette teaching. Because we're, we're, we have sophisticated people. <laughs> they know how to put their napkin on their lap and, you know, whatever else. Absolutely. That's the only one you need, right? That's it. All right, so uh, Americans outraged over Converse, Converse tennis shoes. I grew up wearing Converse. Yeah, I Every had, kid in the neighborhood I had, had Converse. I had pairs of Converse. You had Converse? Yeah, absolutely. You were a basketball player, yeah. so you had Converse. Americans outraged over Converse, uh, Converse's satanic pentagram logo sneakers. Hmm. So what happened here? Converse joined up with a guy named Rick Owens, who is a California boy. Okay. And uh, I think he's in the occult. He has a he has a uh, clothing design company called DRKSHWD, like Dark Shadow. Hmm. 
Many Americans are expressing their disappointment and anger at athletic shoemaker Converse, which has launched a new line of sneakers in collaboration with fashion designer Rick Owens. I looked him up. He's uh, kind of a um, gothic type, mm. quasi-gothic in his designs, in his look, so on. Uh, Rick Owens featuring a satanic pentagram, which is the logo of his brand. That's his brand logo, hmm. a satanic pentagram. That They're putting this on the Converse tennis shoe. Wow. Do you believe that? Man, I know I know Nike had a similar, I don't think Nike did it, but some artist had taken a Nike shoe and made some demon shoe out of it and put blood in it or something. That's and mentioned in this article. Is that's it? right. Yeah, but Nike, crazy. which is basically just totally cut itself off from any American ties. Yeah, Nike Air Max 97. had a They had a Satan shoe. So they're going after our kids, hmm. right, with with uh, Nickelodeon and uh, Sesame Street. Well, and we, uh, we for a while Disney. tried the, G- the Disney um, yeah. app, and uh, I was flipping through there because I wanted to make sure that I, I knew what my kids might run into. And there are, there are whole sections that are programming our kids about their identity and uh, homosexuality decisions and transgender decisions and all these types of things. And that's the whole point of the program. Like there's this one that's on their app that's called Out, and it follows this this uh, adult man living in his parents' basement, and his puppy dog that lives with him helps him learn how to come out to his parents to talk to them about how he's homosexual. Oh my goodness! And and this is targeted towards you know kids my daughter my four year daughter's age. Oh my goodness! It's... And uh, we had to totally just put the kibosh on all that. Yes. Course and and how, but how many parents do that? They either a lot of, many parents don't even know what's going on. Or uh, Disney's been such an icon, mm-hmm. and we worship Disney yeah. in many aspects. And good for you for doing that. Um, it's just unbelievable. So this is a, a Rick Owens post. Who's who's the uh, guy who did, has this pentagram, the satanic pentagram? Um, he put it on Converse. Converse haven't put it on their shoe. Uh, he said, "I've been using this pentagram." For a long time, because obviously it has adolescent occult associations. Hmm. So that's who they're going after. They yeah. go after uh, the youth. My son yeah. of sinners entice thee, consent yeah. thou not. So the father, Proverbs one ten. we need to do our Proverbs thing too. But yeah. uh, uh, that's why our kids need to learn. Don't, don't consent when you're being enticed. To evil, the controversial shoes incorporated drops of blood and ink into an air bubble. This is the Nike one. They were decorated with a pentagram pendant and a reference to Luke ten eighteen. So who are they after? They're after God, yeah. right? They hate yeah. God. They have to use the God paradigm. Mm-hmm. They use a verse, a Bible verse, yeah. saying, "Look, this is what we're doing," and it's the one Luke ten eighteen is the one that he where God said he saw Satan like lightning fall from heaven. Yeah, or Jesus said that. Yeah. So that's but who they, they want. It. They want our kids, and the world has always wanted our kids. The devil's always wanted the kids. I mean, when when uh, the children of Israel were leaving Egypt, what did Pharaoh want? He said, "Okay, uh, you can go, but leave your kids with me." Oh, uh, did he really? Yeah. I, I don't remember. Mm-hmm. Wow. First, he said, "You can go and worship for a little bit, but leave yes. your kids with us. They can't go worship oh, with you." Oh my goodness! There yeah. you go. Um, so here's a here's a uh, an article from the Christian Post. Only 9% of Gen Z youth 
are Bible-centered. So they're being attacked by Satan, devoured by Satan and his minions, and they've got nothing to defend themselves mm-hmm. with. The boomer. So here's a Gen Z. I looked these up too because I always forget. Uh, they're they're born like around right around 1997, 98. So they're in their early to mid 20s now, and uh, uh, they are only nine percent of the Gen Z are Bible centered. So this generation that's coming of age right now, who are going to be taking over uh, the corporations and the businesses and and uh, leading our country don't have a, a Bible foundation almost at all. Mm-hmm. And millennials are much that way. A lot of the reason that, the reason that these corporations are going woke is because you have these kids that are that are growing up without any kind of a Bible foundation and they and they, they we all have to worship something, mm-hmm. right? And uh, they, if, if we don't teach them to worship God Almighty, they're gonna they're gonna worship whatever the world tells mm-hmm. them to worship. Am I am I close on that? You're one? exactly right. And the church isn't helping with that a whole lot. The church has, for uh, multiple generations now, uh, been basically redistributing the church's existing population amongst itself. You know, the mega churches get very. Um, marketing capable, and now everybody goes to this church and they start conglomerating in these, and we're not going after society anymore. We're not outreaching to our culture. We're not facing the challenges that are in our culture coming against the school system, coming against the different propaganda units in our culture. The church has been silent and just been promoting itself, and so you have these redistribution of the saints until that dwindles down, and now we've got nothing feeding into our culture, anything with a godly worldview. So you're saying nobody, we're not reaching... Society, we're just no, we're just mar- getting sucked into church- big mega churches, and, and then the churches begin to uh, promote a more worldly ideology and woke ideology because their their crowd isn't coming, and so uh-huh. they need to continue to try to hang on to uh-huh. their crowd, and so there's no there's no stand that's being taken for a biblical worldview in our culture today. Wow, that's that is a very. Uh, interesting. Fewer than 10% of Generation Z use say they're committed to reading the Bible regularly. Regularly is, is really loosely defined. I think it's like three or three to four times a year. Yeah. Uh, according to a survey that was part of a newly released report by the American Bible Society. So um, in there, the, in the American Bible Society's State of the Bible USA 2021, that uh, a report released Tuesday, the American Bible Society concluded that Gen Z, defined as being between ages 9 and 24, have a precarious relationship uh, with the Bible. They, they don't read it. And uh, Gen Z, uh, compared to the millennials, are like at 23%. Um, now, we're out of time here, but that's the bad news. The good news is that, that during the pandemic— uh, a lot of the Gen Zers were were uh, more inclined than other generations to seek God hmm. during the pandemic. Like, ah, what's going on here? Hmm. And and so maybe you know God's using the pandemic for a lot of things. One one thing is is, is the homeschoolers homeschoolers like doubled. Yeah. And in, in, in among the black population, five times as many kids are being homeschooled now than before the pandemic yeah. uh but but uh we know about the nuns n-o-n-e-s that's the that's the uh 2018 
study that indicated 35% of the Gen Zers had no affiliation, none. Atheist, agnostic, or no affiliation, none. But the report found that 74% of Gen Z respondents felt that faith was, quote, at least somewhat important during the pandemic. Mm -hmm. So, uh, furthermore, Gen Z respondents were also the generation most likely to consider faith, quote, unquote, extremely or very important. So there's hope there, too, and uh, we just trust God that uh, he's going to work. We need to do our job reaching the youth also. That's right. And, uh, all right, so we're going to do our etiquette session uh, next week. Sit up straight. Put your hands on uh, the table where you're listening, wherever you are. We've got to pay attention. That's part of the etiquette. Have we taught that before? I think so. We have, we've laid a pretty good foundation. We have. I think. Yeah. So, We're right. experts, obviously. <laughs> yeah, right. All right. This is the Voice of Truth Radio Show. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Voice of Truth Radio Show. This is your host, State Senator Mike Hazinger, with Pastor Brian Leversey. It's the last segment of the show, and we all know what that is, Pastor. Oh, yeah. It's etiquette We're going to get schooled. Sit up straight out there, folks. Look straight ahead. No, uh, can't, don't chew your, don't chew gum. Ever? Well, during <laughs> etiquette time. During etiquette time. <laughs> So, remember, so if you're not chewing it, you need to pull it out of your mouth and stick it under the closest table. Yeah, Next, is that right. etiquette? Well, remember the teacher come come by with the trash can and you'd have to spit the gum out in the All trash right. can. Yeah. You were homeschooled. That's public school thing. It's like that was like the the worst thing that, back in the days, chewing gum and running running in the hallway. There you go. All right, so here we go. This is the last of the rules to teach your son. This is the last. Uh, this is it, folks. We're marking. We marked a couple off here that we thought were like okay, yeah, didn't get it. Yeah. yeah, okay. So we'll They do, didn't pass our quality control. Yeah, it wasn't up to our standards. <laughs> One of them was uh, don't chew gum. I exactly. mean, chew, if you want to chew gum, chew gum. Yeah. No, not really. All right, no, so number 26, give credit, take the blame. That's a great one, really. Give credit, take the blame. That's kind of what a man does right there. Rud- Rudgerd Kipling wrote a great poem called If, uh, and it's a manly poem, and he says in that, if you can uh, – uh, it's about it's about uh, taking the blame when everyone else is blaming you. Mm-hmm. Just take it, man up and take it and and fix the situation. So give credit, take the blame, stand up to bullies. Number twenty seven, stand up to bullies, protect those bullied. That's a That's Bible good. thing. Yeah. Write down your dreams. I don't know if, hmm. Can you think of a verse on that one? Do you keep a journal? I do not. <laughs> <laughs> I don't take time. Uh, that's the one we marked off. Sorry, sorry, folks. That one. Uh, be confident and humble at the same time. If ever in doubt, number thirty-one. If uh, ever in doubt, remember whose son you are and refuse to just be ordinary. Hmm. I kind of like that yeah. one. Yeah, because especially if you're a child of the king. If you're a child of that's right, that's right, yeah. exactly. And lastly, in all things, give glory to God. I like that. All right. Amen to that. All right. That's it for today, folks. Thanks for tuning in to Voice of Truth Radio Show with Mike Azinger, Brian Lubbersee. We appreciate you very much. God bless you. We'll see you next week. Take care. I will choose to.